Vox. 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 Vox Populi. Podcast. So you may hear some background noise occasionally in this podcast. Please excuse it. We have decided to leave the windows open in order to better ventilate and remain safe. So just keep that in mind and please excuse the noise. Welcome everyone to another conversation about Fox's 2020 juried show, Makeshift, It Wasn't Supposed to Be Like This, featuring our two curators, Brittany Webb and James Claiborne, who are here with me in studio. It's so nice to be around people in the midst of all of this chaos. I am Imani Roach. I'm a Vox member. I'm an artist. I am an arts educator. Um, so yeah, welcome. And I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. So welcome, Brittany and James. Thank you. I am Brittany Webb. I am the Kaplan Curator of 20th Century Art and the John Roden Collection at the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts. And I am also happy to be around people. Hi, I'm James Claiborne, Public Programming Manager at the African American Museum in Philadelphia. I too am glad to be looking at beautiful smiling faces. I want to talk a little bit about humor, uh, both because it's pleasant to talk about humor. It's a nice feeling, uh, but also because it's a sort of a thread that I see throughout the publication, throughout the works that you all chose. A number of artists come to mind, Wesley Flash, Gay Money, and also some of the other work that he did. Jan Bruger also. I mean, there's a number of artists involved in the show whose work is humorous which ranges from kind of like wink nudge humor to you know knee slap humor there's different flavors of humor throughout the publication but i think particularly in light of of the political moment we're in of the historic moment we're in i'm wondering why you were attracted to work that uses humor as its like primary mode of address one of the things that is interesting about humor or as an approach to a theme is the ways humor can be really disarming. I think that there's something really enjoyable about being disarmed by an artist using humor to make a point. It's a really nice way to make a point about something that isn't necessarily funny, like to take something that isn't naturally funny and to make it funny. That always feels like a very neat trick for anyone to do. So it's fun that artists in this exhibition did it. I was really drawn to Harvey Optinorth's pieces that are performances where he's, you know, standing in a bathrobe in a museum in front of a large scale work of art. And for me, what that sort of sends up, this idea of like art at home is, um, you know, in this moment where we did not spend the year going to museums, seeing large scale works by, you know, celebrated contemporary artists, enjoying a work by being in a bathrobe, standing in a museum gallery a little too close to it, holding a coffee cup, seems both like a very hilarious just image of, of a way to see work in the world, but also a kind of send up of a lot of the conversations that we've been having about arts institutions this year, this idea of like who has access to the work, um, who is funding the work, how do we 
understand these institutions to work in society. I mean, that particularly seemed like, oh, you know, a visitor to a museum is not supposed to interact with a work that way. But it's also not that nobody's supposed to interact with a work that way. Collectors and funders might be the kinds of people who interact with works that way because those are the people who can afford a Clifford Stowe painting. Um, so that might be somebody who is supposed to, you know, in scare quotes, enjoy that artwork from the comfort of their bathroom with their morning cup of coffee. But a regular arts lover is is not supposed to enjoy work that way. There's something a little bit funny about the the bait and switch um, of, of humor in that instance. I think about humor as the way it can be kind of instructional or a moment of revelation. I certainly uh, was drawn to Wesley Flash, and if you read his artist statement, He's just uncovering so much um, things that we encounter all the time. You know, as a queer man, I am certainly used to encountering these ads at certain times of the month. As a black man, I understand what February means. Uh, Coming, you know, reflecting on 2020 and thinking about the uh, barrage of advertisements from these big companies that, you know, we're stronger than ever, stay together. That really, you know, the subtone there is, you know, uh, buy ABC X product. Um, And so I think I'm really drawn to the way that Wesley was uncovering that, but also being instructional. We're encountering these terms like gay money um, or the the profits that uh, people pull from the LGBTQIA community as pink dollar. I mean, that's just funny, right? (laughs) And I think that it gives you an ability to see. It also gives you ability to be critical but not heavy to be deeply contemplative but not weighed down and so I think that's something that is kind of core to who I am it's core to the circles and the ways that I like to consume work I you know there are moments to be solemn and reflective um, but there's moments that art just kind of lifts you up and and embraces your inner snark uh, your sly side and I think that that's something that I'm finding and that's resonating with me with some of this work it comes up in a lot of pieces and in some unexpected ways i think there's um humor in amy gilmore's work uh she has these chrome plated sculptures that are breast pump and baby bottle and the the title of that work is pushed and pulled and that's just that's just funny i mean there's a there's a way that the domesticity and motherhood have been treated in in art history um, that doesn't always allow for a kind of irreverence around the practice of what it does to the body to have to keep a to have to keep an infant alive to have to nourish an infant from your body that there's a kind of wear and tear associated with breastfeeding that is is maternal and lovely and for a lot of people this sort of hallmark of like the relationship between mother and child and at the same time um, it's not uncommon to hear women talk about just the the physical exhaustion of constantly having to nourish another human being from your body. Um, and so I think that there are a number of works that on their own, like maybe you don't necessarily see the humor in it. Although I do think it's interesting that the breast pump is 
red and that the baby bottle is pink. There's a kind of child like approach to that kind of iridescent pink bottle, but to think of that bright red breast pump as like the kind of thing that literally pulls from the body. I think to give it that title is both a kind of red flag for like, no, this is this is labor that is being performed. And also it's just, it's a bit of, there's, there's a bit of wit there. Like there's a bit of a wink there that, that I really appreciate in the work. Just going off of what you both said, is something that oftentimes calls us into a particular community, right? Like things are, funny in context and like with people right so when you're talking about like pink money and the sort of like snark and also just various ad campaigns that have happened over the course of the last year i'm thinking about towards the end of the summer when all of the companies are issuing all of the statements about whatever and there's this underwear company that's based in brooklyn that makes like you know artisanal panties that cost 45 dollars that I have purchased underwear from at some point. I get this email from them about like black life and I like immediately screenshot it and send it to my like email list. And you all have that, we, everyone has that email list that you send to when something ridiculous happens. And you like don't even have to explain why it's ridiculous because everybody in that group already knows why it's ridiculous. And it, James, about your reflection on the sort of, on Wesley Flash's work that felt like that to me of like, in this community, we know how society exploits us and uses us as a prop. And all you have to do is frame it in a certain way. And we know what's happening, right? And it's that inner snark. I don't know, there's something kind of communal there. And even Brittany, what you were saying about like, motherhood i'm not a mother but like my best friend recently had a child and her first child and is in a mother's group for the first time and has talked to me about like first of all how important it is to have that community but also like things that are kind of funny within that group and jokes that they'll make that would sound terrible to somebody who like isn't a mother i don't know again because i'm not a mother there's something there about humor i think and um and that sort of communality. Is that a word? Communalism? Community? It's a coping strategy, right? I mean, it's um, it's not that corporate capitalism isn't like a deadly violent force in our lives. It's that taking a moment and work like gay money to send up that violence um, actually helps us sort of think differently about it and strategize around it. I think that one of the things that humor does for us is is that, right? Because if we actually just sat down and thought about how serious it was, like just the the ways that corporate capitalism have really like not only not served us in recent years, but have really been such a corrosive and deadly force. I mean, if we sat with that all of the time, we would be almost immobilized by our anger and rage and sadness and exhaustion around that. And humor becomes a way to sort of reclaim that. It has this like energizing factor that is is really brilliant because you can almost sit with work that is humorous about these things that are otherwise exhausting or enraging and once you have this kind of like release of laughter there's almost a way you have the laughter and then the letdown and the more oxygen in your body there's a way that you're like oh okay now I can get back to work on this 
in a previous episode or a different episode we did talk about like the trojan horse and this concept and to me i'm i'm immediately thinking of humor within this vein the way that it exaggerates it still kind of hides seeds of truth um and so i'm thinking about the utility of humor um you know growing up kind of queer right and, and thinking about the ways that many queer youth will use humor to kind of disrupt uh you know uh energy attention Um, So I think in some ways humor can be utilized, right? Um, But humor's power too. And so I'm thinking, you know, uh, oftentimes that artists are using humor as a matching power to forces and systems working against it. And it it really is effective in in kind of tearing down and breaking apart and putting uh, a mirror up to something that needs to see itself in true light. Yeah, and it, it, it almost is like that mirror happens like in the act of transgression because I feel like the kind of humor that is in this work is like a transgressive humor. And when you transgress something and everyone experiences that transgression, they become aware of the, like, whatever the conditions that you're transgressing were, right? It's like it calls into the space, like, oh, they broke a rule. So what is that rule? Or they, they named something that had previously been unnamed and now we have to look at it. And also by transgressing those, I don't know, norms, assumptions, whatever, it is also a way to like show that transgression is possible. So I feel like it can, humor can do so much. Thank you so much for joining us, Brittany and James. I'm really excited to see how the publication is received and congratulations to all the artists. Again, this has been a conversation about makeshift. It wasn't supposed to be like this. I almost said nobody's supposed to be here, which is not. (laughs) (laughs) How did we get here? (laughs) Uh, Makeshift, it wasn't supposed to be like this, which is Vox's 2020 juried show. Uh, This conversation, again, has featured Brittany Webb and James Claiborne. Uh, I'm Imani Roach. Thank you for listening. A special thank you to all the Vox members who pulled together, put so much effort into helping support the Juried Show and also creating this incredible publication. Thanks for listening to Vox Populi's podcast and this series of Makeshift, It Wasn't Supposed to Be Like This. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast for upcoming series and future audio happenings. If you enjoyed this podcast, our e-publication, and experimental art spaces, then make sure to support and donate to Vox Populi at voxpopuligallery.org.